This episode is brought to you by HD Services. If you're into heavy iron and have been looking to follow other companies that are building their brand in the heavy equipment repair space, I recommend HD Services out of Southern California. Eric at HD Services has been building cat transmissions most of his life and started doing them under his own brand back when the company he managed for shut down during COVID. He's now growing his cat powertrain business rapidly and has been sharing his story and progress on Instagram. Check them out at underscore HD Services underscore. And if you need any help on your equipment or want to know more information, take a look at their website at www.hdsvcs.com. What's up, guys? Welcome back. I'm Colton McCormack, and this is Certified Wrench Podcast, take two. We just tried to do a FaceTime with our guest, and uh, it didn't really work out that way. (laughs) Anyway, I am back with Joe Cashin. What's up, man? And on the phone, we've got Blaine Bowen. What's going on, guys? Blaine is out of Houston, Texas, not too far from us. And uh, but you're on vacation right now, right? Yeah, we're up here in Texarkana. I guess you won't call that a vacation. <laughs> I've been there. It's not. It's not. No. <laughs> Drive right through it in about ten minutes. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, uh, Blaine, let's talk about you, man. We're uh, you're our first crane guy, I think. Right? Yeah. What's up? Uh, Let's hear about you. All right. Yeah. So uh, I guess I've been technically wrenching for eight years now. Uh, wasn't really the career path I saw myself going down when I was in uh, high school or anything like that. But uh, I graduated high school. I needed a job. So my dad uh, owns a hydraulic shop, repair shop here in Houston. And uh, I went to work for him, sweeping the floors cleaning parts, you know, just helping out whoever needed help in the shop with stuff like that. And that's kind of where, you know, I started rebuilding cylinders, messing with pumps, motors. And, uh, man, I'm sorry. (laughs) (laughs) What? Are you nervous? Wait, are you nervous? Yeah, a little bit. Why? I don't know. It's just a microphone, man. Or it's, yeah, it's just a record it's button. It's just a phone call. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. No, you're good, man. It's all it's all yeah. good. But, yeah, so that's where I started. Um, I didn't know really anything about tools, anything like that. And uh, running that shop, you know, taught me, you know, what tools were, how to rebuild cylinders. I, re- I didn't really mess with uh, rebuilding pumps and motors too much, but we did tear them down, so I got to – learn about that stuff and uh, I thought it was kind of a cool start for me at least because most people don't get that perspective on things right so starting there I got to see you know I'd see all these cylinders and stuff but you never really saw the equipment that they were on so that was kind of a cool perspective when I did get out of there you know I'm like hey I know I've rebuilt that style cylinder before or I've seen that motor before you know things like that and uh, so I was there for about a year and a half working under my dad, and he sent me to my next company I had worked for, 
they had uh, it's a GMK, it's a type of all-terrain crane, uh, Megastrut cylinders, which are the suspension cylinders. They had sent to his shop, so nobody at that shop had ever seen them before. So of course they're like, oh, "We'll just give the young guy those." So I spent, I don't know, it was probably two weeks for getting all ten of them rebuilt. And once they were rebuilt, they wanted somebody from uh, the hydraulic shop to come come out there and help their guys install them. So I did that. I spent about a week over there. And when we finished up, they uh, asked if I wanted to fill out an application. Of course, you know. At that point, I was 19. I didn't know what I was going to do. And over there, that's just all these massive cranes you're just looking at in this yard. And I was like, heck, absolutely. I would like to fill out an application over here. So I did. Uh, I came in for an interview and they hired me. So I started over there. They were, it was kind of like a, uh, I guess, a misunderstanding on my part because I thought they wanted a hydraulic guy to, you know, rebuild their cylinders and stuff but really they wanted a crane mechanic. So I kind of just got thrown to the wolves on that. So a weekend, they were like, uh, hey, we're gonna send you to Louisiana on a job site. You're gonna fill in for a guy we have over there. And I was like, oh, all right, you know, I've never, <laughs> I've never been out on a job on my own, you know? Just kind of figure so, it out kind of thing. Yeah, just kind of like, I guess I'll just wing it, you know? And so uh, it wasn't a week or two weeks, I was over there for, four years in the dub. So Damn. we had, uh, that job site was for the first six to eight months over there. I was changing oil on cranes, uh, just doing basic stuff like that, which was, you know, for me, I was like, this is awesome. You know, I'm making a ton of money and making per diem. These guys provided me living over there. And, uh, after about eight or nine months into that, they, there was only about, I think two other guys over there with us and uh they ended up getting rid of them they left me over there and they brought down a bunch of canadians oh, so man we've had i'm sorry the that company has uh branches all over the world so they needed mechanics down here which we didn't have um enough supply of mechanics here so they brought some down from canada which was pretty cool and uh those guys they're it's kind of intimidating for me because I was just this young kid. I didn't know anything. I was just changing oil and stuff. And uh, all these guys are journeyman mechanics. So they went through schooling and all the apprenticeships. And now they're journeyman mechanics. And they've been working on cranes for years. So, of course, when they got there, I know they're probably in their head, they're like, oh, look at this. This young, dumb kid doesn't know anything, which was true. At they, that point. Um, oh, sorry to interrupt you there. But uh kind of on the podcast they've talked about with the uh the people who aren't in the states they have a little bit different setup you were saying they were already journeymen did they give you a hard time with uh pretty much having no formal education or certifications or anything like that and uh, no oh sorry oh moving you in just kind of when you started working with them did they kind of uh understand and kind of give you some leeway or did they kind of give you a hard time on that uh so most of them had worked you know like knew how the american kind of way it was because they had been down here working before so uh also i was gonna get into there they uh i got to i just kept doing oil changes and stuff and you know talking to them and it's kind of like uh didn't really mix too well at first there right you know because they're they're new they know each other so they just stayed to themselves and finally one day they they played cards every day after work so they invited me over to play cards and that was all she wrote after that they 
they took me under their wing and I've internally forever grateful to uh, some of those guys because they didn't have to teach me what they did, you know? So, I mean, I didn't know anything about anything electrical. I knew the hydraulic side of it as far as rebuilding cylinders and I'd seen pumps and motors and stuff, but as far as how it all worked on equipment or cranes, I didn't know anything. So they, they didn't have to do that stuff, but you know, I got paired up with, uh, his name's Pat and, uh, I talk, I still talk to him he's probably once a month or so just to keep up with him, but he's back in Canada right now, but I got paired up with him for most of those four years and he taught me as much as he could in, in that amount of time, you know, with what we had. And, uh, it was awesome. You know, he taught me, you know, how to go through schematics on the electrical side, how to go through schematics on the hydraulic side, um, how to repair things properly and, uh, things like that. And so that was three to four years. It was four years over there. So three years with him and, uh, right as the job was winding down, everybody left. And so probably the last six months of that job, they, uh, they had left me over there by myself, you know, so I was taking care of at max, max, we had 110 cranes there on that job was, you know, fully rocking and rolling. There was probably 20 at the most when uh, everybody left, they left me there by myself until that job wound down. And, uh, after that job wound down, you know, I'd been with those guys and I had a truck tools. And that's one thing about this company. Uh, I forgot to mention they provided all your tools. So when you're young, like I was, when I started there, I was 19, I didn't have to have any tools, which was a great selling point for them. Right. So four years over there, I didn't have any tool. I mean, I didn't have any tools that I bought myself besides just, you know, stuff around the house. Uh, but I had a truck over there. It was rigged out, you know, with all my tools, all my supplies and stuff. And when that job wound down, they brought me back to our Houston branch where I was hired out of. And, uh, first day there, uh, I didn't really work with any of these people here, the, the managers or anybody like that. So first day I got back, they pulled me out of my truck and told me that they, uh, they didn't have enough vehicles for, you know, for everybody. So they were just going to pull me out of the truck and keep it kind of out of spare. And I, they would just put me with other people. And so in my head, I was like, well, this is kind of fucked up. Yeah. You know, yeah. I've been over here for, I've been over here working for you guys for four years. I just gave up four years of my life over here. And, uh, and you come back first day, you take me out of my truck. I thought I did something wrong, you know? So that whole night, that first night when they took me out, I was like, man, what the hell did I do? You know? And, uh, but, and I'm optimistic. So I was like, you know, let's screw it, whatever. It's all right. I'll just work with other people. And uh, so that's what I did for two or three months. And that was kind of like the start of the, my demise there. They uh, paired me up with other people, which was great. I just kept working out of other people's trucks. And then I had some uh, other issues with management there. And then uh, right towards the end, I'd already just started looking for a job. And one thing about that place is, they don't pay the best, but I was always very naive to it because I had never gone anywhere else. So I thought, you know, Hey, I'm doing, I'm doing really good over here. Mm -hmm. And then once I started getting, you know, upset and I started looking for a different place to go, I was like, man, these people are way underpaying over here. There's so many better opportunities out there. So they, they knew what they were doing. Yeah. Which, you know, they provide tools. That's what they're, they're yeah. doing there. Yeah. And, uh, so I ended up finding uh, the next place I went and I had already, you know, I was going to wait till the first, the start of the new year. I didn't want to 
I just figured I'd be all right if they let me do it. So I waited until the end of the year. And uh, right at the end, they brought me in for a, uh, what's that, kind of like a end-of-year like meeting. They Like an uh, evaluation? Yeah, there you go, an evaluation. <laughs> so they brought me back in for an evaluation. They're like, yeah, we're going we're gonna to put you back in your truck. And I was like, well, that's, thanks. You know, and then two weeks later, I was leaving. So <laughs> kind of too little, uh, too late there. Yeah, exactly. You know, and uh, I'd been talking about it leaving for, you know, probably a month or so with uh, my buddy Tristan that was over there. That's my best friend. We talk every day. And uh, he's always like, you're not going to quit. You're not going to quit. I'm going to quit. I'm tired of it over here. You know, that place is, it's a great, you get so many awesome experiences over there. And it, I'm, forever grateful for the people that I did meet and the experiences I did get over there, but you know, how it goes, shitty management pushes people away. So that's just kind of what happened. And uh, I went to this right as I was getting ready to go to this, the second uh, place I went, I was kind of hesitant because I didn't have any tools and they were like, I had to have tools. So I was like, man, I don't know if I should do this or not because I'm going to get over there and I'm not going to have the things that I need to do my job properly. Mm. Mm. So I ended up jumping into it. I did it. And, uh, I spent uh, at least the first two months, I spent a crap ton on, on tools. I imagine tooled up, you know, because I didn't want to get, you know, caught with my pants down on a job and I didn't have what I needed. So I was like, I'm going to have to shell the money out right now. And, but make it, it happen. So at least you kind of knew what you needed, no? Yeah, so you... no, I had a great idea of, you know, of what I needed and what I didn't need. And so as far as uh tooling, I was I already had all my stuff I needed in mind. So I just went shopping and I'm I'm still buying stuff, which I think everybody's still buying mm. stuff. You <laughs> never no. stop buying tools, I don't think. No comment. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, second place I went, uh Spent a year over there, just didn't didn't work out for us, and uh, now I'm at my current company, and we're a new company. It's started from the ground up here, so you know we still got lots of kinks to work out, things like that, and uh, it's been good. So I kind of I don't know if this is kind of like a, a I guess I'd call it an ego issue. When you start working on like bigger, I don't know if it's the same for probably the same for dirt equipment or ag equipment, anything like that. When you start working on some of the bigger machines, right, and then you get pushed into these the smaller things, you're like, and you just, it's not that you don't like it, it's just you don't get the satisfaction of it, right? Yes. Oh, so, come on, you love those skid steers. <laughs> They're not bad. It's it's going, you know, when I worked at the ag dealer working on big combines to having to go work on a lawnmower, you know. It's the same, but not it's all green. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's all nuts and bolts, but at the same time, it's just like, you could be working on this and you're only working on this. So it's just not the same satisfaction out of it, but it all pays the same. So just, I've been trying to deal with that over here and it's nothing against my, my boss. He's a phenomenal guy. Give me the shirt off of his back. It's just, he's not from that world of the larger cranes. So he just doesn't know about it. So we work on, I specifically like cranes, but he says he won't say no to anything. So if you got something that's broke and you want to fix, he's going to send us out there to work on it. Yeah. It's one way to build your business. Yeah. So, I mean, it's been it's going on 10 months now, so I, we're, we're making it. We're getting there. 
and uh, it's been a, a good experience, you know, and I think over here for sure, I've uh, at least in my stand, my, my eyes, I've gone over like, you know, your basic um, hydraulics and basic electrical, as far as on the smaller stuff, it really is instilled in my mind, you know, like, wow, I'm trying to say here. You're the, you're the master now. You've got it all down, huh? No, no, I don't have Except the master. Except for talking. I'm saying, yeah, I'm not good with the talking. Yeah. It's all good. No, no, I wouldn't say a master because there's obviously I'm still, I'm only 26. There's a lot I haven't done, a lot I haven't seen. But, you know, as far as your, your basic electrical and basic, basic hydraulic, you know, I feel extremely comfortable just working on these smaller machines. They're easier, not as complicated as the, you know, the bigger stuff. Yeah. Yeah, man. But I, we can uh, we can jump straight into it if you want to. Yeah, I mean, it sounds like you pretty much, uh, other than the initial rebuilding of uh, cylinders and stuff, you had been in a truck for the the pretty much right away. Is that correct? Yeah. So right away over there, I got thrown, you know, into a truck because on a job site you can't do anything without a truck right right so, yeah you're not working on those machines in a uh in a shop there hmm. no so yeah i'd always been in a truck and uh so i haven't really got that whole shop experience besides at my dad's company and which was a good experience i didn't have anything negative to say about the shop uh there uh my current situation our current we have a shop i mean i don't know how it is for y'all but i, I don't like being in the shop hmm. No, you know, it's like to me, it's, it's just drags you down when you go to the shop. So I do, I do enjoy being away in in the field and constantly busy. I feel like my feet hurt more when I work at the shop. Is that weird? No, I a hundred percent agree. I've been uh, I've got a lot of customers that have their own shop space that I work out of, and uh, yeah, I'll be uh, walking back and forth to my truck. To my toolbox and it's like i don't know if it's something different about pavement but or asphalt or concrete whatever you're uh yeah it feels like i walk more when i'm in a shop setting versus when i can pull my truck right up next to what i have and you know just turn around and grab my stuff and go to work yeah i feel i feel like sometimes well at least in the shop you never have time to really just sit down i feel like in the field at least you know you can sit on your equipment while you're working on it stuff like that i feel like in the shop i constantly have to be moving around doing something yeah looking busy walking fast for no reason (laughs) yeah Yeah, so maybe that's why our feet are more often doing that so well we can talk about tools i think we'll put that off for a little bit because you know i've got big news yeah you've joined (laughs) (laughs) which i'm sure people have seen i mean i've had people come up to me and be like Hey, how do you like that? And I'm like, I don't even know you, but they saw they saw me on. I was going to ask you that on on the first podcast I was on, I, I answered that questionnaire, and it, you said, uh, "Are there any questions I had for you?" And uh, I was kind of making a joke, but I said, "What's it like to be famous?" But my <laughs> my point on that: Have you had a like random? Obviously, you just said so, but um, have you noticed it more as the as the podcast has grown, or just kind of? Yeah. It's a, a a strange occurrence every time it happens when someone comes up and and knows you, but you've never met them. I've honestly had nobody. It was somebody that I've known for a long time, but I haven't seen in a long time. Yeah, and they were like, "Hey, you know, 
how do you like that? So I'm like, oh, I didn't know you, you gotta, could see that. Yeah, you got to remember <laughs> that TikTok and Instagram, everybody watches that. Yeah. Anyway, yeah, well, we'll get into the tools later. I kind of, how much are we allowed to talk about said company that you're working for now? Uh, we can talk about it. I'll just, I, I know you followed so-and-so over, um, are you kind of yeah. are you kind of helping them build build the company or are you just working for them? How how are you doing that? Uh, well, I am working for them. Um, obviously, I don't I don't have anything you know invested into this, but I do feel it's a smaller outfit. So you know, when you're out working on stuff, you work on it as if it's your company, right? Because it's yeah. not only their livelihood; it's your livelihood. Because if, you know something happens to them, then you're screwed. So, I mean. So in that standpoint, yeah, I do take care of things. Like I do treat it as if it was my own, which I feel like you should be like that, you know, at every company, but a lot of people don't. Yes, sir. But specifically, specifically here, yeah, I do treat it as if it is my own company. I got a great relationship with uh, my boss. I talk to him on a regular basis and it's great because if I have, you know, I do get mad. I'm sure everybody gets mad. And uh, when I get upset, I got an issue. I just, I call him and we talk it out. He don't talk talk to you as if he's my boss, you know, we talk to, to each other as if we're friends, you know, from a friend standpoint and get everything out in the open, which is good because I can be, you know, fuming, ready to just like, you know, screw it. I'm out of here. But, <laughs> and then I can call him and within two minutes of talking to him, I'm all good again. Yeah. So, so I, you but, know, that's a good topic working with friends or for friends or them working for you. That's a good topic to talk about. Yeah. Um, it's something I've been thinking about cause I, uh, well, I guess I'll say it, but um, it looks like I'll have an employee here within about two weeks. He he put his notice in uh, on Friday, and um, he called me or texted me and was talking about it, and he said the dealership really doesn't want to let him go. But it was kind of the same way. Uh, the service manager over there, he he's one of those guys that just about everybody doesn't want he's not the first person you'll go talk to if you have a problem kind of guy and it's like you'll avoid going to talk to him for any for any reason unless you absolutely have to yeah and so that's where i've seen a handful of guys come and go from that place and uh pretty much the common theme the theme with them all has been yeah i just didn't want to go talk to the service manager when i had a problem and it's like well i don't know how you um you know how you make that square around but um it's a that's a saying, isn't it, or something? I don't know. I'll come up with sayings every once in a while, but I kind of got an opinion on, you know, a manager's standpoints. To me, I don't know. It's obviously you can't get this everywhere you go, but to me, to be a manager, you should have had to have been kind of in our footsteps, right? Like you should have been a mechanic. That mm -hmm. way, you know, when I have an issue, you know where I'm coming from. You know what I got going on, stuff like that. I'd say yes and no, but um, I've seen it go both ways. Uh, I've seen where mechanics who have been a mechanic for 10 or 15 or 20 years, they become a, a desk foreman or a kind of a, a shop manager, service manager, and it's like they, their brain had been replaced with something else and they've never they, – they don't even remember what it's like to be a service uh, a mechanic anymore. I think and, that's common – a lot of places, me and my buddy Tristan just had that uh, conversation the other day talking about, you know, mechanics that do get into a management position. It's like their brain turns off. Yeah, that, but, that, that's fighting words for my wife, man. She's never worked on a machine, but 
I think she's pretty good at what she does. Yeah. Well, <laughs> yeah. I was going to say, in the other, uh, kind of on the other side of that coin, I've seen guys who have been uh, kind of on the fast track to a manager position out of college and, and you know, never really even had a passion or a familiarity with the, uh, with the industry, and they get moved. You know, some companies will basically make you be a, a parts runner, and then they'll step you up on the fast track, uh, at, least, at least the one I'm thinking of. And, uh, boy, he was, he was, ended up being the head honcho at a branch. And, um, I really liked him. He was, you know, he was the easiest guy to go in and say, Hey, if I have a problem or this or that, we could go discuss it. And he never had the experience of being in the shop or being like kind of in the, in the service side of things, but he would yeah seemingly understand now, uh, you know, I still left the place, but. It was, um, it's kind of one of those who's the day to day manager, not just the overall manager on how you want to, uh, that'll make a difference a lot based on who you're dealing with every single day versus who, uh, kind of has the final say. For sure. Well, that's the one thing I do have to say that I like about where I currently am. I'm kind of just my own boss. They just send me out. So, like, I deal with, you know, the customers that we, ha- uh, they, Assigned me to, I deal with them, you know, I do all my own parts, uh, all my own reports, stuff like that. They just do my own thing unless I have an issue and I got to call them. They don't really mess with me too much, which is nice. Yeah, that's always good. So I kind of, I want to get into some topics and there were actually suggestions by you, which I think they're phenomenal (laughs) because it's something that everybody's wondering, you know. Uh, I'm going to kind of jump around on it, but like, I want to talk about your suggestions of like why we're in short supply and, you know, of technicians and parts and whatever else you want to talk about. We're here for you. I feel like, well, your therapist, (laughs) everybody's got, you know, the parts shortages. I don't know what to do with, I'm not a supply chain expert or anything. I'm not sure how to fix that one, but I feel like uh, as far as mechanic shortages, it's just, it's been made out to be a non appealing job. And I feel like it kind of starts, you know, in our grade schools, you know, in high school, they push college on you so heavily. I didn't choose to go to college. I didn't even, I did want to go to college, but then I was like, I'm not going to, I'm not going to make it, you know, I didn't have the focus to pay attention and make it through four years of college. So then I got out, I didn't know what I wanted to do. I didn't even think about being a mechanic. Nobody had ever, said hey maybe you should be a mechanic or things like that and so it just kind of fell into my lap and it's been something that I've thoroughly enjoyed you know there is days where you just you hate it you're like god why did I choose to do this but then there's days where like to me like when you go and fix a machine or a crane anything and that operator is just so ecstatic that you just fixed his machine that's the best for me it's a great feeling you know I like to do that and so I feel like maybe it should be, you know, trade schools should be pushed a little bit more uh, in in high school. And then, I, it, which I didn't go to trade school, but you don't really have to if you want to start out from the bottom like I did. And, uh, but I feel like people just don't even think about it as an option anymore. And it's just been made out to be such a, a horrendous job to be a mechanic. And at least on the, I can't really speak on the automotive side. I've never been an automotive mechanic, <laughs> but at least on, you know, 
the bigger machines, heavy equipment. I think it's awesome. There's so many cool people you get to meet on a daily basis. So many awesome experiences. You get to travel when you, I mean, not really when you want to, but you know, when you get the calls, you get to go travel and, uh, you make good money too. I don't understand, you know, it's been a, I've seen people complaining the money's not good. The money's not good. I, I don't have any complaints with money. I, I feel like I make good enough money for me, for what I know, for my skill set, And I think it should be, you know, it's obviously not a great job or a pretty job is what I'm trying to <laughs> yes. say there. You get nasty, you get gross, and then there's days where you don't really get dirty at all. You're just messing with electrical stuff, mm-hmm. you know. And uh, I do think that it has a negative, um, what's the word for that? Uh, a negative outlook per- perception from the public is uh, mechanics are nasty, they're dirty. I don't think it should be that way. And so I think that is why I do like TikTok. I'm not a big Instagram guy, but I do like TikTok because there's so many awesome mechanics on TikTok that I watch on a daily basis. I follow. And I think it's cool because you can post our day-to-day things that we're doing, you know, on TikTok. And there's people that have never seen anything mechanic related that will just pop up on their feed and they watch it and like, Hey, that's kind of cool. You know, because I like the, like the, uh, currently I've been working around a bunch of linemen and, uh, they, they watch my TikToks, And so like, you'll come like, hey, I saw your TikTok, and you know, it's pretty cool. I think. Yeah, uh, uh, we can definitely talk about, you know, how social media could, uh, there's multiple ways to look at it. I mean, it's it's a good thing, but also a bad thing. But social media, I think, could help if we, if, I don't even know how I'm trying to explain this, but if we take it in the right direction. But, you know, I've, is... I've made jokes about stuff and people get super offended. And I got in trouble yeah. by my wife, so I had to take all my bad TikToks down. You're hurting feelings over there. I am. I do feel that way. <laughs> Some people like, uh, which it's with anything. People take take things on social media way too literally. And also everybody thinks that uh, they're, you know, the best in the world on social media, you know. So you can take a video of doing something and somebody's got, you know, a better way to do it. And they're oh, going to yeah. tell you their way to do it. And you're like, well, I got the same result. So Surprisingly, I haven't gotten any of those on my current video that i posted yesterday but i'm sure there will be somebody but i did have somebody say if you had milwaukee tools you probably could have figured it out sooner (laughs) yeah (laughs) i have a guy who's never misdiagnosed or uh you know kind of been led the wrong way on a service manual or Mm -hmm. or a troubleshooting tree or whatever and it's like look i just you know i'm a i'm a mechanic and i've got an idea of how things work and uh you know, I want to follow the literature, but at the same time, it's like, you know, am I smarter than the literature? I don't know. I'll, uh, I'll just be humble and follow that. And then you do it. And it's like, well, that didn't fix it. So I guess I gotta be smarter than this thing. I'm big on, uh, literature. So when I was at my, you know, first company that I was with for five years, well, we had a guy over there and, uh, we called him Manawalk Jesus. And I'm not sure if you'll know what Manawalk is, but it's, uh, it's the, manufacturer of cranes and he was the man over there and so he was heavy like if you had a question and you hadn't done any of your own research before you came to him with that question the first thing he was going to ask you is what does the book say and you're like i didn't look in the book and he's like why the hell are you over here talking to me then so i've always got that in, in the back of my head like i need to look in the book first i need to do my own digging on the machine you know 
kind of diagonal to the, my best ability, you know, before I go and ask somebody else for help or a question or anything like that. Or at least have uh, an idea of, yeah, like you said, get started on the diagnostics and have a couple of a readings or a couple of measurements or a couple of whatever yep. to go along with your question. But don't just go, hey, it it's broke. It doesn't work. What should I do? It's like, well, start at yeah. the root and, uh, you know, take measurements of what could possibly be wrong or, you know, read the ohms or read the flow or the pressure or whatever. But there's guys, oh, like you were saying, the social media, it may be a, it may be help, it may be a hindrance, but some people, they'll just go out there and post, I'm going to look at something and it's broken. Yep. Where should I start? And it's like, well, where would you start? I mean, if, if that's the problem, like get some readings. If you can't figure it out after that, then, then maybe ask for help. But don't just yeah. go straight to, hey, point me in the right direction because I don't want to think, use my brain if they've got one. <laughs> I have to deal with that currently where, where, where I'm working. Uh, so there's only a, a handful of us. We've only got, uh, two working on the third field tech right now. And, uh, yeah, I got a, our other guy, he's, he tries sometimes. And then, you know, there's other times where he's just, he won't even make it to the machine yet. And he's like calling, Hey, you know, what could this possibly be? And I'm like, I don't know. You haven't even made it there yet. So. Did you look in the book? You know, have you done this? Have you done that? No. Like, you know, old man walk Jesus used to say to him, why the hell are you talking to me? Man walk Jesus. <laughs> well. He's the man. So going back slightly, um, what do you think as a newer technician? I shouldn't say, well, I guess newer-ish, young guy. I'm a young guy. Young guy. What do you think we can do to, like, change you know how we can get people into this industry of wrenching no matter if it's working on lawnmowers cars trucks tractors you name it i would say um for sure okay i'm not sure exactly how to draw more people into it but i think we do shy a lot of people away once they try and get into it with uh people that are you know just assholes negative you know they don't yeah, like you said, like I've dealt with plenty of them, you know, and I got lucky, you know, the Canadian guys that I did work with, Pat and uh, a couple other ones specifically, they did, they would take their time to show me something and not just, you know, treat me like I was some dumb kid because, you know, you have those guys where I, just because I don't know something at this specific time doesn't mean I'm an idiot, right? So they'll just, you mess up one time and they're like, oh, that kid's a, an, an idiot, they just they'll write you off and that's it. They just spread, spread it through the land. You're a big idiot. <laughs> and I feel like that, that happens at a lot of places. It's not fair to younger guys just because I haven't had that experience yet. doesn't mean that, you know, I'm an idiot. I just, I haven't physically had to have had to do that yet. Yeah. Yeah. I, so I feel like, Oh, go no, ahead. I'm sorry. No, no, go ahead. No, I just, I just feel like, you know, people in our field, it is fair to be an asshole sometimes when people deserve it, but yeah right off the bat you shouldn't just be a dick to somebody like it is i i currently have uh our new field tech that we're working on he's been riding around with me and uh, i enjoy showing him you know certain things like he'll ask questions and we'll sit there and take the time to go through it you know to explain it to him to show him show him how it works take something apart you know and i feel like that's how it should be you shouldn't just be a just total dick to some uh a new kid that just started you know yeah i I feel like, I think we, in my opinion, somehow try to use social media 
as a magnet. You know, you got a lot of people on social media, but then you got the negative Nancy's like that one guy that I made fun of. And it just, I don't know, it it almost like we'll take a couple steps forward and then guys like him take it further steps back. So, yeah, it's tough to say, man. Uh, But we definitely need to start attracting more people because I was talking to my boss yesterday about this and he was like, he's like, you're doing what you're doing. And he's like, I, because my boss was a mechanic for almost 30 years, something like that. And he's like, I couldn't even do what you're doing now because everything's technology based and he's like i mad props to you guys you know the younger generation so yeah that's why i was thinking you know tiktok is a great way to like spread what we do on a daily basis because you don't you do have those people that have never thought about it as a career and they might see a video and just kind of spark some interest in their eyes yeah and that's that's kind of why i've been trying to keep up more often on like the tiktok because i feel like tiktok is a growing platform it makes yeah so when i was at that my first company i wish that uh i would have been well tiktok would just kind of started as i was getting ready to leave over there and uh i do wish that i took more pictures and you know videos and stuff like that of all the in-depth things that we did over there because man we messed with some big stuff over there it was it's awesome so i do miss those experiences that you know those may may have you know shown somebody an interest on tiktok you know something like that Mm -hmm. yeah and i i kind of hope this thing that i'm doing this podcast is kind of helping too i don't know Um, i think it's awesome i don't know i haven't gotten much feedback lately on it as far as you know younger guys like oh you're helping me (laughs) more of you know hey great podcast well thanks fellas but uh are we helping out the younger generation you got to go to yeah. where they're at. So you you being on TikTok, I um, I'm on there. I'm not real active, but uh, I found you a couple of days before uh, Colton over here suggested uh, to sit in on this one here, and uh, I went through your stuff, and it was a uh, you know, you got all your videos on there, and you kind of just got to uh, spread that that positive um, experience or the uh you just give them a little bit of a sneak peek into what your daily life is like yeah. and it's not always you know you don't always have to be a grease monkey that's changing hydraulic hoses and dirty and and you know yeah. covered to your covered to your eyeballs and grease and going home and having to you know r- wash all that down the shower or whatever it's uh you got you've got opportunities out here that i mean and it's it's uh the industry as a whole where we're at it could be completely different in 10 years i mean a lot of the stuff will stay the same but you do want to attract those people who are maybe just starting high school or who are you know kind of getting their uh their idea of what they want to do but it's one of those uh you were saying society in general kind of has a maybe a negative outlook on mechanics and what they what that entails, but sometimes it's just a lack of knowledge. I mean, I'll, uh, I'll tell people that don't, you know, know me from other things that I'm a mechanic and they get this idea of that, you know, I don't know. I'm just, uh, especially when I tell them I'm mobile service or field service, they think I just show up and I don't know. I don't know what goes on in their head, but they, they get the wrong impression a lot of times. And I'll actually explain to them what I do. And they're like, Oh, I didn't even know that. I'm like, well, 
you know, you, you, I don't expect you to know that, but that's where kind of giving them a behind the scenes and showing them that there's a, there's a whole different industry that maybe people aren't even aware of to uh, make a good career out of. You mean you don't just show up to a truck or a tractor and just plug your computer and it tells you what parts bad? You know, I just go to the Love's truck stop and I just roll the hood over and I just, you know, change the transmission out in the parking lot. And no, I tell them on mobile service, they're like, well, so you work on the side of the road? I'm like, I do everything I can not to work on the side of the road. If it's an emergency, if it's something that I got, you know, a good customer, I'll get them out. Get them out. But I mean, it's. I've talked about this before. I'd rather, um, I'd rather send a tow truck after them and get them back than risk being out there. These, uh, jackasses uh-huh. drive up and down these roads, texting and driving, man, I'll tell you what. Yes. Freaking Texas drivers are the freaking best. Well, you're down there in Houston. So you got even, uh, I'd say they're probably, uh, in my opinion, the few times that I've passed through there, I'd say they're worse than Dallas Fort Worth, but I think it's funny that because people from Dallas say Houston traffic's worse, and then down here in Houston we say Dallas traffic's worse. Traffic down here, we do have a lot of crazy drivers, but I feel like our traffic it flows like you're just being, you know, it's like an accordion. It moves. I feel like in Dallas we're just in gridlock traffic for hours. Oh yeah, but we do have you know crazy drivers, and that's one thing uh, with being with these power line crews here recently. They're all most time they're working on the side of the road and people do not care. They just blow through their cones. It don't matter how many cones you set up, how many flaggers you got. <laughs> they'll just come right through them like they own the place. They don't. They don't slow down. And so that's one thing that's scary about you know, like you're saying, you'd rather have it towed back to the shop. It is scary working on the side of the road because they don't care. So, what like I know you work on cranes, but don't you work on like uh what are those trucks called that have like the the bucket that you go up for like linemen oh it's just a bucket truck so. bucket truck okay yeah so i've just recently that was a new thing to me i just started working on those in uh january so my current boss uh that's the field he came out of he was a field tech for i don't know, probably 15 years or so and uh that's the industry he's been around uh his dirt equipment and then power line stuff and so that's what he knows so and, oh go ahead my bad no you're good no, so I just in January I never even touched one, so it's been a, a learning curve for me. Okay, you know to get out there and learn those machines. Yeah, I was just you know I wanted to know that because I, I was kind of curious. Is there like a busy season for those? You know, as far as like uh, you think, know, you have your storms come in and you know linemen yeah. are always busy. Yeah, it's been a new world for me, and uh, they're busy constantly. I feel like because you know obviously they're busy during storm work, but they're also busy you know especially. Texas right now, I think they're trying to redo a lot of their energy infrastructure from that uh, freeze we had a couple of years ago. Mm. So they're redoing, um, I guess they just call it general maintenance. So they're coming in and swapping out old stuff with new stuff. So I feel like they're constantly busy. I don't feel like there's a really a slow season for them. And one thing with linemen I've noticed is they, they'll drag up for, you know, not even a dollar more. They don't care. They'll just leave hmm. and they just go all over the U S just they'll leave and you know, they'll be gone for two months and then they'll be like, Oh, I want to come back to that company. And they'll just come right back. It's crazy. I gotcha. And are you working on strictly crane trucks or do you work on basically anything crane? Uh, so yeah, it's going to be anything crane, you know, uh, 
our main thing is going to be boom trucks and uh, ATs and then uh, these power line crews and stuff like that. They're oh. crew trucks that they have. But like I said, man, if somebody calls and they got something they need fixed and they're going to send me out there. So specifically, I like crawlers. You know, that's what I had learned on oh. uh, when I first started. And that's the the big bad machines, man. They're they're awesome. So and, uh, now Joe knows who to call when his crane goes down in his truck. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We've got called out for uh, you know just working on a service truck crane before. Just you know, you would think you know maybe they could fix it themselves, but hey, you some gotta, people don't try. You got to be a bright son of a bitch to work on like let's just say an IMT bed because I had uh, both. I had buttons in the front box and then in the back right box under the crane. I had yep. buttons for outriggers and everything, and one button panel went out and it shorted out the other one in the front and that was the worst thing i ever tried to diagnose because i didn't know how many volts were supposed to be where and <laughs> ones and zeros be transferring i yeah i was i was lost but we finally figured it out yeah but uh yeah that's uh props to you on that because i don't have the patience for that crap yeah that's one thing i mean i don't know how it is in y'all's world but uh i mean some days you could be trying to diag something for you know four or five days on a crane they just there's there's very certain cranes get very technical and very complicated well the new tiktok video i just posted i had a full <laughs> full full day wednesday full day thursday and uh half day friday on that thing so yeah it's 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 hit and miss man on on all that you could have a good day and figure something out real easy that's supposed to be hard or vice versa so let me ask yeah. you this um you work a lot on the on the bodybuilder equipment. Do they provide pretty good um, uh, support and uh, literature and all kinds of uh, specifications or service manuals for those things? So, on uh, well, let's just say specifically like Alltech, um, which they build a lot of buckets and all really any kind of power line equipment you would need. Uh, I am. I've been very impressed with uh, their literature because nine times out of 10, if you run into an issue, you cannot figure out, you can just dig through the book and figure it out that way. You won't have to call in or anything like that. And then uh, I think Terex is another one of the bigger ones and it's just hit or miss, you know, uh, with them. Sometimes it'll be their books, not as good as all in my opinion. And sometimes they won't have it in there and you have to call and then trying to deal with them. It's just, a pain so and then there's you know, i think uh versa lifts another one and that's probably the worst one in my opinion yeah because well sorry to interrupt you there but sometimes on the truck side at least and sometimes equipment it's uh if you're not a dealer or you're not a uh kind of the the first uh customer i guess of the equipment they kind of make it hard on you getting certain things and you're just like I could sit here and go through Google all day and try and maybe come up with some help, but it, it yeah. kind of throws you to the wolves on some of them. It's just like, well, figure it out. And what should it be? What, you know, if I was sitting here trying to design this circuit or this, uh, whatever, how would, how should it work? And then you kind of hope that that's the way that it works. But every once in a while you'll get one. And I saw your TikTok on one, you were saying the the bucket, when it, folded back uh it was shortened out a circuit that shouldn't even be controlled for the stop engine circuit i remember that that and it's like that one had me had me going you know you you can sit there and fix what's wrong and you're like well 
you know, I fixed a problem and it seems to have fixed the problem, but I don't know and I can't explain it. And, and sometimes when you don't have wiring diagrams or you don't have good support on, uh, you know, what the controller is supposed to do or whatever, it's, it, it can make it hard, but, uh, sometimes all you can do is fix the problem that's in front of you. And then you kind of hope that, 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 uh, fixes the original complaint there, but yeah. And I, I'm big on, uh, you know, if, if I get to a, a crane and somehow the issue just seemingly goes away and I don't understand how I just made it go away, it'll bother me. So I have to, I mean, I may leave that machine and let them do what they're doing, but I'm going to dig into it and I may get my answer two or three days later, a week later, but I won't give up because I want to know, I want to know why it was doing that and what was causing it. And because, hope that you know, it's for, something you did and it's not just intermittent and it didn't do it while you were there. Cause Exa- yeah, exactly. You know, Colton was talking about the one that kind of whooped him this week, and I've had probably three of those this week where I'll get a call out somewhere and they say, hey, it's doing this, and I'll go look at it, and it's not doing that. Mm. And I'm like, well, let me check all my pressures and temperatures and go through my sensors, and I'll uh, you know kind of go top to bottom on it. And then on one of them, I left. They said the unit's dying. I get out there. I sat three hours with this thing. I checked everything top to bottom, electrical, fuel, and uh, it didn't die. I'm like, well, man, I said, I hate to tell you this, but I can't sit out here all day. I got somewhere else I got to be. I left, and uh, he went to go test drive it, and he got stuck on the service road. <laughs> and uh, I said, man, I'll come back and look at it over again. And I kind of went top to bottom again, and it still was – it started happening a little bit more once I was there. But it was one of those ones where it's like, if it's not doing it while I'm here – man, I don't know how I'm supposed to, uh, you know, you want me to just start changing parts. Of course, you know, that's never what they want. They want you to fix it, but it, uh, it'll make it hard on you, those intermittent ones. But that was a, yeah. I've had a couple of those this week where it's just like, I'm here and it's not doing it. So I don't know what you want me to do. Yeah. That's for sure. Like a hard thing to explain to customers is, you know, it's an intermittent issue. So I can't fix something that's not broke, not, not broke, <laughs> you know? So I have to wait until it, you know, it breaks and doesn't come in and out. So, but yeah, specifically that video, that one threw me for a loop because I had went over there and it went away, but I didn't know, you know, what it caused it. And I had some other calls to go to. So I was like, well, run it, I guess. And if it comes back, it comes back and we'll figure it out then. And so two days later it came back and I spent, I think the whole day trying to figure that out on that one machine. And I'd found that bare wire, you know, and I fixed that and the issue went away, but I couldn't understand how that was tripping out this or you know shorting out the uh, start stop circuit and so i called all tech they didn't know and so yeah three days later i'd figured out my issue on that one and it's a satisfying feeling to me i, like, I get happy about stuff like that yeah and you know for next time now but... yeah so that's another that's another reason i like digging into issues like uh if it just fixed itself and i, I want to know why it just fixed itself because you might have that issue you know, later on down the road and you already know from future reference. Do you run into, um, issues with the bodybuilder interface to the truck? Because I have, um, you know, I come from the truck world and I come from the dealership there. And a lot of times we would, uh, get issues where it's like, well, this bodybuilder just installed something and they drill the self tapper into a harness and, <laughs> Never and you're like, that. uh, <laughs> You're like, well, boy, you made it hard on me. I, you know, had to chase up and down this thing looking for this issue here. But um, do, on your side, you're kind of, you're not the truck 
dealer or you're in independent. Um, so do you ever come across those kind of issues where a truck interface to a bodybuilder application just throws you for a loop? Yeah. And, uh, so obviously we have to work on anything that's wrong with, you know, if it's, we're working on the all tech, but if something's wrong with the truck side of it, we have to fix that too. And so that's one thing I've had to cope with. I don't like automotive and I don't like trucks and no offense to anybody that does that. Right. But it's just not my, not my world. And, and I don't, I don't like it. And so that is, uh, for sure something I've had to cope with. And yeah, you know, if, if it's wrong on the truck side, then we have to figure it out and it sucks. But like, uh, all tech, for instance, they're, uh, they're pretty good because they build all of their units in house. And then you have stuff like Terex and they'll just sell the body and whoever can mount it. So then, yeah, you do run into those issues where whoever installed it did a, did a shitty job. And then you got to go through it, through it and figure out why it's messed up. You know, you saying you don't like trucks, uh, it doesn't hurt my feelings because I don't like uh, the bodybuilder equipment all the time. So I'll, uh, <laughs> I'll, I have a lot of customers that it's they kind of specialize in their their side, like uh, it seems like you do, and I specialize in my side. And we uh, we're kind of like water and oil; we don't mix, but we work together and we get it done. But um, yeah, that's one of those things where hey, you're a mechanic; you're supposed to be able to fix anything. Why is my X Y Z not working? And it's like. Well, I'm a mechanic, but I kind of specialize in this stuff over here. And not that I don't know anything about it, but I'm going to stop and say I'm not an expert on this side over here and let those guys handle it. Yeah, I'm for sure somebody that's quick to say that, you know, I don't have experience with that. That's something I don't know, but I would like to learn. You know, I would like to figure that out, but I'm not going to waste waste a whole bunch of time trying to figure it out myself when you could have somebody that's you know, more an expert in that type of thing, they can do it in a lot faster for a lot cheaper. Yeah. So should we get into the dreaded topic? Milwaukee. <laughs> <laughs> okay. We can go with that. I was going to say tools. Everybody knows how much we love talking tools on certified. Range. Tools. Um, do you have any input on tool talk? Cause it seems to be the same thing over and over whenever I do it. I'm part of the Milwaukee cult and I just posted a TikTok the, uh, two days ago about that. I know. I, I said not another one. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> it's just, that's what I started with. I you know I bought my first Milwaukee tool, so it's just, it makes more sense to go with that one brand. So you don't have a million different batteries and chargers and stuff like that. So I've done that. And then, uh, and as far as hand tools, everybody's, you know, hard up on, oh, you got to have snap on, or you got to have Matco, you got to have this, you got to have that. I kind of have just shit from everywhere. Yeah. So I am kind of a snob with my wrenches and, you know, my ratchets and stuff. They have to be snap on because to me, it's just the nicest. They feel good. I'm all about, <laughs> it's weird, but I like attractive tools. I don't know if that's, other people feel that way. If it's just me. And then uh, I feel like something I was taught when I first started with uh, Pat was, man, any tool that you take, it comes out of the truck, doesn't matter if it's was used and it's nasty or if it's still clean, it gets wiped down and it goes back in its appropriate spot. Mm -hmm. And so I'm heavy on 
if it comes out of the truck, it gets cleaned before it goes back in the truck, and everything has a designated spot. I can't. <laughs> it's got to stay that way, or I would get nothing done ever. Yes. I, I don't. I, I see these guys that just have trucks where just stuff is just thrown everywhere, and if it works for you, it works for you. But I just I can't do it. If I get something, and I don't have a spot for it, I'll I'll spend hours just reorganizing the whole truck just to fit that stuff in there. And I've gotten. Whenever we were just talking about Milwaukee, I just got got a heavy <laughs> obsession with the uh, Milwaukee backouts, and uh, so I've been using those for you know all of my supplies and uh, spare parts, consumables, stuff like that. And now I've gotten to the point where I'll you know I'll buy I'll buy something, and I'm like, well, I gotta buy a new packout now. <laughs> that just takes so up like, a lot uh, of room, man. Well, on my truck, I don't. So we're working out of uh, older service trucks. Currently, you know, we're working to a point where we can get into some newer ones. So they don't have, you know, I got one drawer pack and then I put my own boxes in there and I don't have a whole lot of shelving. So it's worked out nice having the pack outs because I can organize everything perfectly in those pack outs in the bins that don't have shelves. Yeah. And when I need something, I just grab the pack out and roll with it. Hmm. I got you. So you kind of talk about if somebody borrows your tools, uh, I... I don't understand why I'm like this anymore. Like I never used to be this way. People could borrow my tools back in the day, but ever since I went to my current company, we have truck drivers and they'll just go borrow our welders because our my, my welder, he has his own truck and he has his own tools and the truck drivers will just go start borrowing his tools and stuff. And I'm like, dude, I don't know how you fucking do that. You pay for all that. What if they mess it up and they probably won't even tell you. So like they asked to borrow tools, and I'm like, hell no, I'm sorry, but no, I see how you treat yeah. tools and be gone, and they get all butt hurt, and I just, mm, it's a pet peeve of mine for some reason, and I never used to be that way. I just tell them my hourly rate. <laughs> That's a good idea too. <laughs> yeah, I don't have too much of an issue with anybody borrowing my tools because I'm usually out in the field, you know, by myself, but uh, at my first company that I was with that provided tools, that was a huge issue we had over there is everybody knew that they provided the tools. So it didn't matter if it was crane operators, riggers, you know, trailer hands, they would just come raid through the truck and just take whatever they wanted. So then you would come back looking for a tool and you're like, Hey, what the fuck? Where did, where did this go? I don't, I don't that's have why, it. That's why they didn't pay well is because they spent all their money on tools. Yes. Yeah. I never agreed with it, but it, you know, it was nice while I was there. But yeah, then you got a call and you're like, hey, I'm missing this tool. And they're like, well, why did you lose it? And I'm like, well, somebody fucking stole it. Jesus. Yeah, no thanks. I can't do yeah. it. That and organization is a top thing for me. I worked with a guy that he had screwdrivers with wrenches and sockets thrown in with the wrenches. And uh, I had to go to work with him one time. And he's like, hey, can you grab me this? And I'm like sitting there for like 10 minutes trying to find. <laughs> I couldn't do it. You ever uh, pass another service truck on the road and you kind of do that little uh, take a peek and what's in the what's in the bed and you're like, boy, I, I don't always keep mine the cleanest or the most organized in my bed at least. But some of these guys, they got stuff piled on top of each other and you're like, I don't know. Uh, I don't know if I want you around me while I'm working on a job site. You may stack something on top of me. <laughs> I feel like space is a big topic with uh, field techs and their trucks. And I I think organization is a huge thing with space because I organize the hell out of everything to I maximize the amount of room I have in my truck. 
And so I feel like some of the guys are just tossed up everywhere, and then they're like, oh, I don't have any space for anything. Well, it's like, you're not doing any organization. Your truck's nasty. I I don't have space. My shit's packed full of tools. <laughs> um, Mine's in the, I'm in the same boat right now. So Yeah, upgrade to that medium duty. Uh, well, uh, I don't know. I, I need a bigger truck. That's no way about it. But, I mean, what I do now, I don't need a bigger truck. Yes, I could basically fix these machines with a five gallon five gallon bucket full of tools. Not like when I was at the dealer, to where you know you have a tool in your truck and you might not use it all year except for that one time. You're like, man, I'm glad I had it. I don't know if y'all have the same mentality or whatever you want to call it. I have a bad issue with sometimes I don't know what I'm going to run into or what I'm going to get sent on. So if I see something that I might think. It could be beneficial in the future i'll just buy it and then i'll put it on the truck you know i've had that before yeah. but after you spend a couple of thousand on tools that just sit in your toolbox and you're like you know i could have just uh not bought that because i never used it <laughs> it would have probably uh you know that money could have done a little bit better in my pocket mm-hmm. i just did that literally on the snap-on truck with a bit set yeah like, I, i'm gonna use that it's been on my truck for like two months i haven't touched it Ah, they get you. Sometimes you just get in there and you're like, oh, I could totally use this. So I don't think everybody, well, most of my followers for the podcast are on Instagram or TikTok or Facebook. And I posted a video the other day. Hmm. (laughs) I have a Milwaukee now, people. It was gifted to me. I have not drank the Kool-Aid yet. I've only used it twice. It's good. It's legit. It's a half-inch gun. But I'm still not going to be like, Milwaukee or die, bro. Like Joe over here. <laughs> I, um, I I think I'm that way until I see some of these guys who have, like you were saying, the pack outs and you got everything. I, I showed, showed Colton a picture here. I was in a uh, a parking lot the other day, and I rolled up on this guy who I think he was a plumber or electrician. His whole service body, the bed was completely stuffed full with the pack out stuff, and um, this made me, you know, it kind of just put that in my that thought in my head. But I was at Northern Tool the other day, and um, I came across they have a pack out specifically made a uh, it's like a Yeti tumbler, but it's got the latch on it and everything. And I was like, you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna buy that and I'm gonna give it to Colton and I'm gonna tell him, hey, you got to drink the Kool Aid now. And then <laughs> literally. literally the next day, he sent me a uh, he sent me that video of his his shiny new uh, impact there. So I, I got beat to the punch on that one. So did my wife. <laughs> I feel like some people buy they'll just buy the newest and latest greatest Milwaukee tool, but they'll they have no need for it. And I feel like I don't buy the Milwaukee stuff unless, you know, I have a specific need for it. So I do have quite a bit of Milwaukee stuff, but not nearly as much as some people have. Well, perfect example is a guest that I had on, on episode 11, Wade Bodie. That guy has a red service truck. Everything in his truck is red that says Milwaukee on it. I'm surprised that his truck doesn't say Milwaukee on the side of it. If they made a toilet, he would buy one. <laughs> I, I, you're my dog, Wade, but... You, uh, I think he's the leader of the cult. <laughs> you know, I bought a, uh, I bought a, you're, you're talking about this. I needed a blower for my house and I'm like, you know, I already have the batteries. So I bought me the M18 blower <laughs> and I was like, uh, 
you know, it, it's uh, one of those things where it's nice that you can kind of cross over. I, I have the tools already. I have the batteries already. So let me just go buy the blower, and it's a, it's a dream. Just blows all that grass all over the place. <laughs> I saw a TikTok the uh, the other day. It was a guy talking about Milwaukee tools, and they always have that little pamphlet in anything you buy with all their different tools that they have mm. but there's never a sticker that he was like why can't we get a sticker in milwaukee and i was like i could appreciate a milwaukee sticker every once in a while milwaukee if you're listening we want stickers there we go yeah. there took care of it <laughs> <laughs> keldon keldon stapley that was on an episode i can't remember which one but he just bought a freaking lawnmower milwaukee lawnmower <laughs> and then bitched about it yeah didn't work good enough yeah. not the tesla of lawnmowers <laughs> well uh what else you got man i know you had uh, a couple things you know you wanted to talk about uh one thing i did think of you know just beforehand uh i've i think it's been on quite a few of your podcasts is burnout mm-hmm. and to me i've never had the i have really ever been burnt out on the job itself i get more burnt out on people yeah. And so I wasn't sure if maybe y'all have had like a similar experience because to me work is, I enjoy my work. So it's my outlet. And so I'll get mad and I just work harder and I enjoy it. I, I don't have a problem, you know, working overtime or anything like that. So I've never experienced burnout for the job, but I have experienced burnout for people where I'm like, well, I don't want to work anymore. Yeah. It's uh, I think it's more of, burnout of the politics especially of big companies i that's why i left the deer dealership because it's just the politics of the whole thing i got burned out on that quick you know and constantly expecting more of you even though you're giving basically everything you've got and uh yeah that was my burnout i've been thinking about this lately um because you know, I when I did the first podcast here with Colton, I'm like, oh, that's going to be one of the questions he's asked every guest this just about. And then I didn't, we didn't get to that one. But um, <laughs> you know, working for myself now these last uh, couple of months, it's uh, it, it kind of put in my head of why I would get burnout is because I I don't feel like the um, what I'm working for is worth it. So that kind of goes to the point you were saying about for not for the work but for the people if you're working for somebody that just you don't feel appreciated or you don't feel like you have this this purpose or this goal or this uh you know kind of end state um you said that when you were on the job site in louisiana or or on on site there for that company you enjoyed it and you know you you might have had that end goal that site to get the job done and then whenever you went back to the the home base or the location there, things kind of changed, and and that's uh kind of goes to my point. What I'm thinking about is if you have a purpose or you have a goal that you're working towards, or you have a uh, you know, if you're working for a dealer or you're working for a, an outfit that really has a a, a bigger you know idea of what um, I don't know. It, it it may sound kind of a kind of um, weird to say it, but it's, it's like, if you're working for something that has a purpose, you, the, the burnout or the long hours or the, the hard work doesn't quite seem as hard. And, um, when you are just working for somebody who, you know, doesn't, you don't feel appreciated and you're just working for that paycheck that, 
that may uh, lead to burnout a little easier. Well, like Colvin was saying, sometimes like the politics of the bigger companies, I did, I have dealt with that, but I think somewhere on the uh, smaller range of the companies too, like, you know, currently we, we don't have a whole lot of people, so it's not hard to notice when somebody else isn't pulling their weight. So that affects you too when, you know, you're putting on all this effort and other people are just not doing as much as they should be doing. So that affects your, you know, your mentality too. Yeah. And you're going to get that everywhere you go, man, whether it be politics, laziness, you got an asshole, you've got a rat, you, you name it. You're going to get that everywhere you go. And, uh, it's your choice whether you want to deal with it or deal with it somewhere else. I, I, I don't know how to explain it, but I've just learned over the years, you know, you're not gonna, it's not going to be heaven wherever you go. It's all just a job at the end of the day. <laughs> you just torture them enough to where they quit. <laughs> well, I guess that could work out too, yeah. <laughs> um, well, shit, man. I mean, this is a short episode, but I mean, I feel like we covered quite a bit in that hour that we've gone. I know you're kind of in a time crunch. You got a, your wedding today, correct? Uh, no, the wedding's tomorrow, but, uh, you know, we got rehearsal dinner tonight. I got you. So, actually, kind of one thing I want to talk about on this podcast today, because it's kind of been coming up more and more, and uh, tell me if I'm wrong, fellas, on this one, but, you know, I started this podcast, and it's kind of gone worldwide, and got a lot of listeners in other countries, and I get approached a lot via Instagram, TikTok, Facebook, Guys or gals in other countries wanting to get out of their country and come work in the United States. And they think, I can just go, hey, so-and-so over in Florida, uh, somebody is interested in coming to work over here. Uh, can you help them? I, I cannot help get somebody into the United States to work. Yeah. Um, I, I've had a couple of those where it's like uh, – can you put me in touch with an immigration lawyer? I'm like, dude, I'm sorry. Like <laughs> I, I wouldn't know the first place to start. Exactly. I'm a, uh, you know, I'm busy enough with what I've got going on and I hate, you know, it's kind of a, it's a, you're putting an awkward position to say, Hey man, sorry, there's nothing I can do about it. But it's like, uh, yeah, kind of a strange one. I think, well, from my standpoint that, uh, my first company that I was well, a larger company that I was with, uh, it was a cool experience because you got to work with people from all over the world, all walks of life, uh, just on that one specific job site there in Louisiana. I mean, I talked about working with the Canadians and uh, we had people from Holland, uh, Germany, South America, Mexico, I mean, just all over the place. And so I think more so for people that are wanting to get into America from, you know, overseas, you got to find a company that's willing to you know, put up that work visa for you to get over here. Yeah. And, you know, maybe that's how we fix the uh, tech shortage there, <laughs> which is fine. You know, I, more power to you. If you want to come over here and work fine with me, but I have absolutely no connections and I don't know where to start and I can't help you. So if you could please stop asking, that'd be great. But if you want to ask, I'm going to go ahead and say, I can't help you. Yeah. <laughs> You know, say Colton says piss off. Yeah. Well, no, not even that. It's just like <laughs> I had a guy, I finally had to tell him to stop messaging me because he kept saying, well, 
why are you choosing not to help? And I'm like, I'm not choosing. Yeah. I literally can't help you. And that kind of stuff, even just like, boy, you talk about somebody that likes to run up a bill, lawyers, you'll, well, I'm billing you for this phone call right now. I'm billing you for this or that. I had this guy telling me about a, a little story he had to hire a lawyer. And he's like, uh, yeah, her hourly rate included our phone calls. And uh, so I had to have her on rota- retainer and this and that. And he goes, uh, by the end of it, I had like three or four hours left over. And she's like, well, do you have any legal things you need me to do? I'm like, boy, lawyers, if I could charge like that and just say, hey, I'm on retainer. So pay me for uh, 160 hours for this month and mm-hmm. I'll do all the work and whatever's left over I get to keep. Yeah, that'd be nice. That would be nice. Us mechanics should do that with our crystal balls that we have, you know. Yeah, I I, I just wanted to get that out there. I had it written down to talk about it, and I just, because apparently me saying no doesn't help. Hurting more feelings out there. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I actually want to make a shirt that says, somebody suggested it to me, but like a yellow heart or something and with some wrenches and says, uh, mechanics' feelings matter. <laughs> We care about them here. Certified wrench. Yep. Well, Blaine, what else uh what else you got before we wrap this thing up? Uh I would say for uh Yeah, you got any advice. There we go. Sorry. Yeah. Let's go with younger techs here. Uh I'm a younger tech myself still. I would say if you do get a job and you're learning, you shouldn't be one of those guys that uh gets arrogant. You gotta, you know, humble yourself a little bit because when you act like you know it all, nobody wants to help you. And then you get into a situation where obviously you don't know what you're doing and then you don't have anybody to come help you or, or bail you out. And then that know-it-all attitude will get you nowhere in your career. I think having, you know, humbleness about yourself, uh, taking the time to actually learn what you're doing will take you a lot further. For sure. I know you said you didn't really know what you were wanting to do out of high school, but if you could go back and start over, what was your dream job or what would you do? Uh, so I wanted to go to college. I wanted to be a game warden. So I took a heavy right turn to something completely opposite of that, but I wouldn't change it. I love what I do. Boy, I love uh, if, investing in my job. We'll, uh, we'll get together one of these days and I'll tell you what my original plan was and where I ended up. I won't put it on the I won't put it on the podcast because it's uh, the yeah. graph doesn't overlay. Mm-hmm. It's not exactly how you planned it out. No, it's it's completely wild. But yeah, I wanted to be in law enforcement when I was young and went complete one eighty on that one. Yep. Now it's on the podcast. <laughs> uh, that's cool, man. I. But are you, are you happy with what you chose? And you know, are you? Yeah. Do you I've, think you're going to do it forever? I'm for sure happy with what I chose. Uh, I think, yeah, I'll stick with it for, you know, as long as I, I physically can. Do you have any fu- um, future plans with what you're doing? Maybe go out on your own one day. I know your boss is probably going to listen, but tell him, just plug his ears. Yeah. Uh, well, where I am currently, you know, it's probably gonna, it's not what he wants to hear, but I probably, I don't see myself staying here for forever. I do want to get out i want to move states i want to do other stuff i want to get back into working on the larger side of cranes but for now what i am doing i i'm content i'm happy i like working for them 
as far as going out on my own, I know it sounds, some people make it out that it's uh, easier than it actually is. And maybe one of these days, but I feel like currently where I'm at in my skill set, it's probably not you know, the best idea or financial wise, right? Yeah. You do have to be somewhat kind of stable to be able to jump out and do something like that. Self-awareness, man. You're, you're good. Well, I think we should wrap this up. Not a crazy long episode, but that's just fine. At least uh, everybody get to hear Blaine's story. Uh, I, uh, where can people find you, first of all? Uh, I'm on, well, I'm on Instagram, but I don't post anything on there. Uh, TikTok would be the main place, and I think it's uh, Blaine underscore Bowen one. If not, I, I'll, I'll I'll tag you in everything and get you your yeah. It's just Blaine, shout it's out. Blaine, Blaine underscore B O W. Okay, cool. So yeah, I mean, if anybody, I know everybody, you know, starting out younger, always thinks of being uh, an automotive mechanic or. I don't have any experience in the dirt world, but the crane world for sure. There's I know there's a shortage of mechanics everywhere, but there's for sure a mechanic shortage of uh, knowledge on the crane side of things. So anybody that's looking to get into that world, give me a shout. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Hey, good. Yeah, I'm good. I think we uh we got another episode down. You know, it's uh, when there's not a Monday morning listen. I think all the people will uh, revolt against you, Colton. So. <laughs> We got another one. Well, and uh, now that I think about it, I do know that the last episode, there was some audio issues about halfway through and then towards the end, and it's staying up. I, you don't know how hard I fought to get that episode up and battled it out with the people because um, I don't know what was going on, but I was having some type of issue, and it, my episode wouldn't upload. And so I had to contact these sons of bitches over in England, and uh, yeah, they fought with me back and forth. I'm like, I just want to get my goddamn episode uploaded, and finally uploaded, and the audio screwed up on it. I thought I was tripping out whenever it uh, started happening, because I could hear like every third word mm-hmm. in one mic, and then it would switch to the other mic, and yeah. I'm like, boy, I, I guess this is that audio thing. Yeah, you so, mentioned. you know, people keep messaging me, and I'm like, I know. I posted a story about it. I'm sorry, guys, but it's staying up. And it sucks because that was my introduction to my sponsor. Uh, what, Whatever. He he was totally cool that he's like, whatever, you know. But anyway, I think we should wrap this thing up. Uh, I almost called you Wade. <laughs> I get it. Everything under the sun. <laughs> uh, I appreciate you coming on hanging out with us and, you know, taking time out of your little vacation. I appreciate y'all having me on. Sorry we had some technical difficulties there at the beginning on my end. It's all good. Nobody's going to even know. (laughs) But, uh, well, let's go through the whole spiel. First of all, I'd like to thank Eric D'Andaro with HD Services for sponsoring the podcast. If you guys need to get a hold of me, Joe, or Blaine, you can reach me at certifiedwrenchpodcast at gmail.com. Don't forget to check out the website, certifiedwrenchpodcast.com. Whatever streaming platform you're listening to us on, uh, please give us some stars, uh, some reviews. That only helps in the end with us and the ratings and you know the deal. You can find us on Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, YouTube, you name it. And last but not least, check out the merch line. There is a new 
deal on there now, which is probably my favorite because it's kind of uh, has to do with a little bit of everything that all of us wrench hands do. Um, but yeah, anything from that helps and goes right back into the podcast. With that being said, thank you guys for listening. Thank everybody for uh, the love and support. And uh, until next time, we'll see you guys. See you around. Appreciate you.